And let's just test, test. And JT, get you can get a little closer. We're going to tantalize your ears today in this episode. Look how big mine is compared to yours. It's just the timbre of my voice. It hits different. Do you mean timbre? <laughs> my timbres. <laughs> my timbare. <laughs> you live in Dolby Digital Surround Sound. Yeah, we're on this side of it. And now I mean, this is actually recording in mono. Oh yeah. I can pan <laughs> it though, in post. I'll pan it in post. Okay. So that will sound Whoa. cool. It, be prepared for this to sound Whoa. cool. So, what's <laughs> today? We are looking at the cleric. Yes, continuing our classes and what they're about. JT, I want to heal, but I also want to hit things. Ah, so you want a cleric. That's the segue. (laughs) (laughs) Flawless. Yeah, actually, like, hot take on clerics in D&D. I like that they're not just healers. Yeah, I think that's good. They're, like, pretty beefy. I think this is really a product of D&D's age. I think the cleric and how it is placed in like a party composition mm. kind of shows the new ground that they were treading. Yeah, where fell. you don't have yeah. a dedicated... Because you, you don't know what is a healer, what is a DPS, what is a tank. They like you, This is before those terms, so yeah. their healing class is also a tanky class. and Yeah, they can all hold their own to yeah. some extent. And it's, it's an interesting combination. They managed to do quite well with it. Yeah, so you can look at the picture. This big beefy dwarf. <laughs> big beefy hammer. Oh, it's, he is. Yeah, oh, he's hunky, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> so, clerics. A little bit on the fluff. Clerics are divine warriors, healers. They're kind of, they're both, like I said. Yeah, so they get their magic from their uh, eternal love for the beyond <laughs> powers that we can't understand above. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, that's a cleric. Should we dive right in? Yeah, sure. So their arcane focus, because that's a fun thing to talk about always, Ah. is going to be a religious symbol of some sort. That's cool. So there's a lot of flavor potential there. Yeah. What your arcane focus is. Yeah, and you can kind of like draw your religious symbol onto a thing or have like a little amulet or something like Mm. that. Now something that kind of undermines maybe, it it like brings them back from being a full tank class is their hit dice. It's a D8 instead of a D10 or D12. Yeah, so it's on like the more average side, I think. Yeah. You know, some of the kind of lower average, I guess. Lower average. Um, But they make up for it with some medium armor proficiencies. They don't have heavy armor, despite all the art showing them in full (laughs) plate. Well, actually, if you, well, actually, (laughs) if you spec into the life domain, I know that that gives you heavy armor. Uh, So that's like a very common, like, thing that we will not talk about this episode. (laughs) But that's my, that might be why you see, like, heavy armor. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. This guy in the book does not look like a life domain. He looks like a hammer domain. <laughs> <laughs> the, dom- the domain of fucking you world. <laughs> so he talks about their armor proficiencies. Light armor, medium armor, and shields. That's a plus two to AC. Shields are important, yeah. Mm. Weapons, simple weapons, not martial weapons. Yeah. So they're not dealing too much. They can hold their own. They're not what you would think of today as a healing class, a kind of like glass cannon almost. It's like you dig out a load of healing, but you're also in like toilet paper armor. Yeah, 
Yeah. They're not like that at all. Yeah, a little bit more average. They make up for everything that they can be deficient in in this area with magic as well, since they're full casters. They are full casters indeed. So, yeah, tanky full casters. Tanky full casters? Hmm. Yeah. I think they are the only properly tanky full caster. Paladins are half casters, I believe. So they have no tool proficiencies. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 That is what mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Their saving throws will, their saving throws proficiencies will be in wisdom and charisma. Which is odd because if you're building one, the general wisdom is to have wisdom yeah. as your top and then strength or con yeah. as second. Yeah, it's kind of weird to choose charisma because charisma doesn't really add Although much it to kind them. of makes sense flavorfully. Because a lot of, um, if you're using spells that charm people or maybe try and influence their mind, they run charisma saving throws. That's true. And for having a kind of essentially a religious fanatic. Yeah, you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to convert people here. You're off on your pedestal. You're trying to get. People yeah, and you're not going to be able to convert a cleric as easy. So, a charisma saving throw, I can see that. Yeah. That's how we rationalize it, at least. <laughs> so they have wisdom and charisma saving throws. <laughs> the skills that you can choose from, you can get two from history, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. Two is on the low side. They all kind of make sense. Yeah. So um, like mostly wisdom one, a little bit of a charisma one. Insight, maybe not, if there was one. I feel like I'm trying to pick something wrong with each class. Yeah, yeah you're just trying to make little but amendments. <laughs> if there is, I mean- What would you switch it out for? Asking the hard-hitting questions here on the spot. I'm not sure, JT. <laughs> <laughs> An acceptable answer from somebody who definitely didn't spend the best minute looking at those skills. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe nature. <laughs> Depending on your god, I don't know. Yeah. But druids have that covered, don't they? Yeah. So yeah, history that makes sense they tend to be quite I, I i feel like religion and history sort of go hand in hand yeah persuasion i mean you're a religious fanatic essentially yeah <laughs> only slightly less fanatical than the paladin yeah, uh, the healing, healing. <laughs> medicine yeah it all makes sense i'll give them that all right well done wizards i'll let you off this time this time <laughs> but next time <laughs> so you mentioned that they were casters how does casting work? Remembering spells for clerics. So it's pretty straightforward with cantrips. You just know the amount of cantrips in your cantrips column on the cleric table. So you check out the table and yeah, there's a number. Level one, you start with three, goes up to a maximum of five. So you get your extra one at level four and then you don't get another one until level nine and then you get nothing after that. You cap out of five. Nothing. No cantrips for you. <laughs> what about the preparing spells? Because clerics are a bit special. Yeah, you can be a little bit more versatile with mm. this. So you can prepare an amount of spells each day equal to your wisdom modifier plus your cleric level minimum of one spell for those people who expected to poo-poo wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and they obviously have to be levels for which you have spell slots for. Okay. And each long rest... Upon completing your long rest, you can prepare a new list of cleric spells. And That's cool. So how do you know what cleric spells you can choose from? Well, all the spells that have the cleric... Just every cleric spell. So it's not yeah. like wizards where you've got to learn spells and then they're kind of in your spell book. Nah, I guess this one it's just like, I guess it's the traditional knowledge that's passed on to all clerics. They just know Yeah, this. I guess it's, I think you could cut it as like... 
this your is your god. divine yeah, domain. Your god knows all the spells, he's just letting you use it. In the same yeah, way you channel you... his power. Yeah, that's how you power. cast magic anyway, so... Yeah, so you can change your spells every yeah. long rest. And when you do so, you have to spend some time in prayer and meditation. That makes sense. And you have to spend at least one minute per spell level for each spell on your list. Otherwise, DMs, you gotta catch your players. <laughs> they, gotta, they gotta do that. So once again, your wisdom modifier plus your cleric level. That is the amount of spells you can prepare from the entire cleric list. Yeah, and it's very powerful being able to reconfigure this every long rest. Yeah. That's awesome. Once again, spellcasting ability modifiers. Eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your wisdom modifier. That's your spell save DC. And your spell attack modifier is your proficiency bonus plus your wisdom modifier. They have ritual casting. Yeah, and we know what that is we now. We know that is that sound. And that's that's how clerics cast spells. Yeah, and then you can choose your divine domain. Now, clerics have bollock tons of these. Yeah, as many as you have expansions for, I guess. <laughs> I mean, even in if we're just using the PHB, they have way more than... Trickery. Yeah, they've got life. knowledge, life, light, nature, war. tempest, trickery, or war. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like, how many barbarians get? Three? Two? <laughs> <laughs> They're rocking fucking seven over here. Yeah, so this is where, like, what the features that we're going to read out today are actually kind of, like, straightforward and not super flashy. Most of that stuff will come from your domain. So what they lack in the, yeah. like, rules is written on the, like, official class, you'll make up for in your divine domain with the divine domain they come with a list of spells that you get at certain levels and these are called their domain spells once you have those domain spells they are always prepared and it doesn't count to your maximum amount of prepared spells a day so extra spells yeah so for example the knowledge domain at first level you get the spell command identify at third level you get augury and suggestion you have those spells if you're a third level you just have them yeah. They don't take any slots. You don't have to re-prepare them or anything. They're always in your brain box. That's pretty real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your divine domain. And also another thing that's a bit weird is that you choose your divine domain at level one. Yeah, so you most, get right Most start it at like level three. Three or so, yeah. yeah. Some don't even get spell casting to level two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah the you next- you the ground running. Yeah, damn straight. The next, um, part is channel divinity this is a big chunk of what makes a cleric tick yeah it's like the rage for barbarian it's like the inspiration for bards channel divinity this is like your main your main thing for yeah. clerics channel divinity is kind of like uh, it, it has charges i guess would be the best way to say it yeah so you can use your channel divinity a certain amount you start with two everyone starts with turn undead which we'll go over in a minute because Every god hates undead, apparently. Yeah, they're not right. <laughs> <laughs> and a second one that will be in your domain. Yeah. So these are kind of like extra effects, extra abilities that you can use. You'll get two of them. So how many can you cast a day? It goes up with your level. You start off with one per rest, long or short, right up to three per rest at level 18. So these are like the super boofy charges that you get of a thing. So yeah. The first thing that you'll get is turn undead. Turn undead, what's turn undead do? 
As an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer, censoring Oh no, stop it! <laughs> yeah, so every undead that you can see or hear within 30 feet of you has to make a wisdom saving throw uh, to your spell save DC that we talked about. And if the creature fails the saving throw, it is turned for one minute. It's got to run. It's just got to run. I kind of like fear. Yeah, it's essentially a fear effect. Yeah. It's got to spend its turn trying to move as far away from you as it can, and it can't willingly move into a space within 30 feet of you. Yeah. It also can't take reactions. So you're kind of pinning it down for not only your turn, but even their turn if they would have any if you'll find some high level stuff that have some reactions yeah so then they don't get any of that yeah they are just completely bollocked yeah if you fight those like undead dragons or whatever it might come in use yeah um they can only use the dash action for trying to escape that's it and if they can't move anywhere they can use dodge but yeah their turn's completely boofed then you get your ability score improvements at level 4 and 8th and 12th and 16th and 19th same as everyone Yep. Increase one ability by two, or two by one. But at fifth level, you get destroy undead. Yeah. Fuck the undead. Yeah, this is probably what you wanted <laughs> instead of turn undead. So uh, at fifth level, when an undead fails its saving throw against your turn undead, it's just instantly destroyed, evaporated. If its challenge rating is at or below a certain threshold. So it starts at half, and then it rocks up to challenge rating four or lower. Yeah. 13? 17. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe we've talked about challenge rating, but that's something that a DM will know. Yeah, it's basically how difficult a creature is. Yeah, that's something that's measured. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not equivalent to levels. Um, turn economy is a big thing. Yeah, it's more about like how a DM might conjigger an encounter. Yeah, it's, it's something that I use, like I know what challenge rating you guys can handle in a vacuum so then you can kind of it's it's like the relationship to each other a challenge yeah. rating half is kind of the same as another challenge rating half if you know your party can take challenge rating like 20 at level 5 or 1 at level 5 it doesn't matter as long as the numbers and the ratios between them yeah. kind of add up but, but it's not one, perfect one half is the is one of the lowest ones yeah. so don't expect to be destroying like you know really powerful things at level 5 um, after that you get your Divine Intervention at level 10. Divine Intervention. And this is the last ability you'll really get. The rest is in your domains or making other abilities better. So what is a Divine Intervention? A Divine Intervention, you basically call on your god when you really need them. You describe the assistance you seek and roll a percentile dice. If you roll a number equal or lower than your cleric level, your deity intervenes. At most, you have a one in five chance yeah. that they're going to actually intervene. So what is the limitation? First of all, what's a percentage dice, actually? A percentage dice is essentially two d10s. Normally, one of them will have single digits, and one of them will have single digits with a zero, mm -hmm. so 10, 20. And then you just add those together. Mm -hmm. So if you roll an eight, zero, an 80 on one, and a seven on another, you've rolled an 87. So then what kind of help can your deity provide you? It is all down to the DM. <laughs> Good luck, DMs. <laughs> yeah, a, a rule of thumb is basically any cleric domain spell that would be appropriate at any level. Like just anything cleric-y. 
Yeah. Well done. <laughs> you did it. Yeah, so they might have some like high level spell come in. Yeah, you can crazy. have a level nine spell, do something wild with your divine intervention. Yeah. But you can't use it again for seven days. Yeah, that's probably one of the longest recharge rate things that we've talked about so far. Hmm. Yeah, most are long rest, but this is seven days. And that's pretty wild if you're running with... I mean, this gets it at level 10. You're starting with a 10% chance. So, on average, <laughs> you're going to be hitting this every 70 days. <laughs> Does that... No, that's not the correct math, is it? 60 days, something like that. Either way, it's dicks long time. Months is how often. And that's only if you use it exactly after every cooldown. Yes. Now, at level 20, I think this is one of the few times that we don't get a disappointing level 20. Yeah, maybe the only level 20 that, like, raw feature that's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Could be better. I'd like it to be its own thing. If yeah. I was to have it like a whole new ability, but essentially your divine intervention automatically succeeds. So you, I lied earlier, you cap out at 100%. You go from 19 <laughs> to 100%. No roll required. At that point, if, if we're running by what the book kind of suggests, saying you could use a cleric spell, you're already casting level nine spells. You can already cast everything. Yeah, so it's kind of a hard sell then. So you're getting a free spell slot, level nine spell slot. I guess. This is where your DM is really gonna have the final say. If, yeah. if they can go outside, make something flavorful, maybe not even a spell effect, but just like flavorful happens in the story. Like you can weave it in there. Then this could be a really, really cool ability. Yeah, there's a lot of room for interpretation and effects. Yeah. This will entirely depend on your campaign. And it's one of those like very ambiguous types of abilities that you can Oh have. yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's the cleric. That's it, after that we crack into divine domains. In a nutshell. What do you think of the cleric? Pretty straightforward, I think. This is more like if you know what you want, I guess. It really comes down to the domains. The base is very kind of simple. The turn undead is a bit weird because if you have a campaign that doesn't have any undead creatures, then you have a feature that has almost you no have use. two features. Yeah, and you get and like they go up in levels. The destroy undead is like what you gain at like level five, eight, eleven, fourteen, seventeen. It's one of your big gains. Is you can destroy undead creatures better. Yeah, so maybe more for like a DM if you do have a cleric in your campaign. Definitely. Throw yeah, put some, give them something. <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be kind of a, like you can see how the abilities that they have will not be as cool without them. Yeah. Or like you can conjigger anything. You can just smack an undead label on anything. <laughs> You've got a minotaur. Oh, there's a zombie minotaur. Exactly the same stats, but it's missing a few limbs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's got a debilitating disease. <laughs> it makes it allergic to holy symbols. So yeah, keep keep an open mind with the destroy undead. It's also kind of a feels good thing. This is a DM to DM. If you if you're playing a cleric, just uh, pause the podcast, skip a forward twenty seconds. Uh, all right, they're gone. DM to DM. Just sprinkle in some low-level undead in many encounters. Just just like three or four. And just let the cleric have fun smashing them to pieces. Yeah, you've seen movies. They can just pop out of anywhere. Yeah. Literally anything. Yeah, like, if you can... If there's 
the slightest reason there would be a zombie in this situation, throw in a couple of like quarter level zombies. Use the stats of something else, whatever you need. Just give them the undead tag. Let the cleric play whack-a-mole. <laughs> it's great fun. Anyway, back to the regularly scheduled podcast. So yeah, uh, don't help clerics at all. Make sure that it's really difficult. <laughs> but I think that's it for clerics. Yep, that's anything them. else to add? In a nutshell, I I think most of like what you might know from a cleric comes from the life domain, and that's probably what you might be familiar with if you've played this before or if you've heard of clerics. But if you want to play something like quite different, then you can go into like all of the different domains. Yeah, there's loads of domains. They've really branched out in fifth edition. Yeah, they branched out earlier, but yeah, they are still probably the primary healing class. Druids as well. Druids have a lot of spells. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, a lot of, like, unless you're, like, a sorcerer or something, like, a lot of these uh, spellcasters have access to healing. It's just clerics that have access to unique healing spells. Yeah, and more, really. They're they're a bit more well-rounded. Yeah. But yeah, have fun playing a cleric. Next episode might be druids, or we might do weapons and armor. Email me at toby at rulesaswrittenshow.com and tell me which episode you would like next. Literally the first person the f- with the topic. <laughs> the first person to email me. We'll do that one. <laughs> Alright, that's it. So we are done talking D&D. It's time we play some D&D. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. I gotta go prep for DMing. Bye! See ya.